It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 Hello and welcome to Ball Talk Podcast. It is currently Thursday, September 9th at 9.13 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, John Salk, and as always, I'm joined by my main man, Chaz Jurgens. Chaz, how are you doing today? You know who it is. It's a great day, John. I mean, it's the first day of the NFL season. We got the Bucks and the Cowboys tonight, Thursday night, th- football to kick it off in Tampa Bay. Doing a nice early morning recording session. Feels like I'm on Good Morning Football. It's a, it's a lovely day, man, and can't ask for anything better. Man, I, I just got to say, you know what, because I just realized now just how much energy I get whenever you say, you know who it is, just... <laughs> brightens my day and gets me moving i i don't i i had it i've i've had that feeling for a bit but man just when you said it today i'm like yep i'm up 9 15 <laughs> i can go for a marathon right now let's do it let's i might pass it. out in the middle knowing me but hey i'll do my best <laughs> um yeah first day of football i'm excited i'm excited mm. i mean i don't think we're gonna be able to watch much of the game tonight because of uh our own basketball game yeah but i'll definitely but. clock in for the second half to watch tom brady go up 50 and 0 on the uh, on the cowboys <laughs> Uh, <laughs> today's episode is our AFC preview to uh, match our NFC preview from last episode. We know this is coming out after the season started, but you know, NFC is playing tonight. No AFC football. We've been filming before the <laughs> NFC even plays. Mm-hmm. So don't worry. There's no cheating involved. You can definitely come make fun of me for my horrible predictions. And I know my predictions are going to be horrible because I did two sh- two sets and both times I was like, this is still unrealistic. I went through every single game. Marked up my winners and losers. I made my own spreadsheet for that. That spreadsheet will be up and available, I'm hoping, before this episode becomes available. <laughs> Very fun tool. I had a great time building and using. Yeah. But, yeah, I uh, went through my schedule twice, and I was like, this is this is still madness. But, hey, we do our best. Um, That's what the NFL is all about, baby. It's the league of madness. The best. It's the best. There's nothing more. Uh, there's no... F- <laughs> okay, no. Hockey... Playoff hockey is number one, but uh, mm-hmm. football is just consistently always amazing regular season postseason they've got it figured out it's the perfect made for tv sport yep or sport for tv now before we kick it off i want to quickly make some nfc amendments because i didn't have the tool last time and now i did and i was like oh well that's a mistake um (laughs) everything is mostly the same but i still got tampa bay at the one seed i've got rams at the second overall seed at 13 wins tied with san francisco Mm mm-hmm uh, I think whoever's winning that head-to-head matchup gets that uh, the second, not only the second overall seed, but not only wins the division, but gets the second overall seed. And then I got Green Bay and Washington fighting for the third seed, both at like that 11 and 12 win pace. Mm. And whoever wins the week seven matchup is going to win that three seed. Because week seven, we got Green Bay versus Washington. Bakhtiari is uh, still, Bakhtiari could theoretically be off the PUP at that point. Mm-hmm. But if he's not, I uh, I would not be excited to be wa- to be uh, Aaron Rodgers going up against that Washington D line. Yeah, uh, Green Bay also has two games against good teams coming off of bye weeks, and their own bye week comes against the Bears, so that's not like a huge uh, advantage. Like, I think they get Tampa Bay and the Rams off of bye weeks. And I'm like that is um, that's pretty brutal. That's pretty brutal to get those guys off a of bye week, two weeks of them preparing for you, and then you get your extra week and you go against the Bears, who you should already be smacking this season. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to lose lose a lot of games with their rough scheduling. Um, so I don't see them winning that 13 games. I had them winning 11. 
11 the first time we did predictions, sec- 13 the second time, and I was a lot more generous with them. Mm. But I don't see them breaking the 14 win. I don't know that they're going to do better than uh, whoever's coming out of um, whoever's coming out of that that uh, that AFC uh, North, the AFC West division. Mm. Uh, also, I got New Orleans winning 11 games to get the seven seed, and the Cardinals finishing with 10 wins to get the eight the eighth seed. Yeah, that might. Might actually be one of the only NFC amendments I have to say is the New Orleans. Since we recorded, New Orleans has signed like two new corners, which I think is a major improvement to their defense. But I still don't think they'll be at an eleven win pace. But I had them, I think, five and twelve. They they should be closer to five hundred now, just with the pieces that they're putting together on their mm-hmm. roster. But I still don't think that they're playoff bound this year. Yeah, and for the Packers' sake of things, I think they're. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is someone who obviously is going to suffer not having Bakhtiari out there, but they have an incredible O-line anyway. A lot of other guys who are going to be all-pro level and just so many weapons around them that I think they're, they're going to find a way to get up to 12, 13 wins for sure. I, I hope so. I mean, I love, you know me, I love the Green Bay Packers revenge tour. I love Aaron Rodgers so much. Mm-hmm. I, I've been sitting there debating if he's better than Mahomes. I think he is, but that's a discussion for another time. And just on the New Orleans front, I don't see them going below .500 unless, like, Winston is just really, really bad. <laughs> but, like, going through it, like, I could see them the second time. I did, so I did two sets of these, of the predictions. I did it twice. I would have done it a third time. I just didn't have the time. I've been very busy making this and doing other stuff. But both times I had New Orleans at above .500, even when I was a little more conservative the second time. Second time I had Carolina with 10 wins. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't see. I see. I see whoever's uh, second in that uh, AFC South division getting the seven seed, both times. Um, all right, that's out of the way. Let's get to the AFC. We got we we got AFC stuff to talk about. NFC doesn't matter. A- NFC is going to start playing by the time this is out. So who cares? Mm-hmm. The AFC North is probably the best division in the AFC. Definitely not as good as the as um as the NFC West, but still a very good division on its own. Yeah. They had three teams make the playoffs last season, two of whom made the second round. The Bengals were the only team that didn't make the playoffs last season, and they're getting their star QB back. Chaz, what's this division looking like for you? How many playoff teams? Who's on top? What's going through your mind? I mean, I'm very conflicted about this division going into the season. One of the biggest question marks for me right now is is with the Steelers and TJ Watt, just because he's in some major contract negotiations that have yet to be settled, and Sounds like they could be coming soon, but either way, he is under contract this year, so obviously he's going to play, but there's that that question of if you can't ink up the number one defensive player potentially in the NFL, two-time runner-up for defensive player of the year at this point, is he going to be performing to the same level that he normally does without that that long-term assurance or maybe he's taken a couple plays off where he he might not have before, so I think that's going to play out big in this division, but... Regardless of that signing, I think the Browns come out of the winning this division 100%. I think that the additions that they made in the offseason, along with the talent they have, OBJ coming back with Jarvis Landry, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, Miles Garrett is obviously a ridiculous specimen of a human being, but then you add in Jadavion Clowney, who's a monster himself, Troy Hill and John Johnson in the in the secondary, who are just ball hawks and crazy one-on-one matchup guys. That it's going to be a very very tough go against the against the Browns one way or another on the offensive side, on the defensive side. I think they're going to be scoring points for fun. I think they're going to be locking up teams. So I'm really high on this Cleveland Browns team out of the AFC North. Yeah, please tell me how good Jada. Please tell me how good Clowney is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, uh, 
I uh, I'm wary of the Cleveland Browns hype because mm. when have they ever followed up on the hype? But I'm with you. They just have such a stacked roster. I think like on. I think they might actually have the best roster in football, if not the second best mm. after Tampa. And I, I saw someone someone came out with a quote saying like, "Oh, we know who Baker Mayfield is at this point. You know, we see." Baker Mayfield has improved every single year and is about to go into his first season with the same head coach ever. Yeah. Like since <laughs> since college. His first NFL season with the same coach as the previous season. Mm-hmm. I am on Baker Mayfield making a jump. I'm on Baker Mayfield has at least one more jump in him with, hey, I'm really comfortable with this offense, and now we can figure out some of the more deep plays in it. Where I can, you know, see all the reads. I can see the extra reads. I can see the this. I can see the that. That just isn't there when it's like, hey, I learned this play two weeks ago. What are we doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, am, I, I am with you on the Cleveland Browns taking this division. But I've also got the Ravens bouncing back after last season. Mm. That is hinging on Lamar Jackson not getting COVID for the third time. Because what, he got it twice last season, if I remember? Yeah, I think he got it at two separate points last year. And, and and I don't know if he's vaccinated. I'm a little I, I'm I I've heard that he is, I've heard that he isn't. I'm I'm just on the I, I'm on the I only dock you points if I've heard you're not vaccinated. Because if I've heard you're not vaccinated, you're probably gonna be an idiot and get in trouble. Look at Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. But I got Baltimore winning at least eleven games. They're they're just they're they just look really good this season. Yes, they lost J.K. 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 Dobbins. It's going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. But having Lamar Jackson is just going to win you a ton of games. The rest of this team is still very good. Yes, they lost some key some key players on the defensive end. But hey, like, I just I believe in Lamar Jackson to lead them to some wins, and their schedule is not insane this season. Yeah, no, I do think out of this whole division, they might have one of the easier schedules, just because obviously. They all play each other twice, so they're going to have tough go of things when they see the Browns and the Steelers and all these division rivalries. Even Joey B in Cincinnati is going to be causing people problems all year long. But definitely this Ravens team is poised to go. They made a lot of additions on their offensive line as well, which I think has been a big factor for them, especially the way they run the ball. Now they have more of an ability to protect Lamar Jackson, let him sit in the pocket a little bit longer, which people like to criticize him for not doing. I think it's more the fact that he doesn't have the ability to do it. And it's, when hard you can, to, it's hard to sit in the pocket when the pocket exists for about two seconds. And when you have the legs like Lamar does, you, you see it collapsing right away. You might as well just get out there in the in wheel and see what can happen. But I think the way that they've made additions on their offensive line, their tight end unit, Sammy Watkins, too, coming in, another receiver yeah. for him, I think could be huge. And defensively, yes, they lost a couple pieces, but they're still a monster defense, and it's a lot of the mentality in Baltimore. They got a lot of next man up guys in the Baltimore Ravens organization, guys who are going to be getting PT for the first time in a long time, who deserve and want to be on the field. So, I think for sure that this team is poised to go. It's just with between them and the Steelers, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I do like the Ravens a little bit over the Steelers this year, just because I think Ben Roethlisberger is getting a little bit to that other end of his career. And Lamar Jackson, meanwhile, is only on the up and up. And, and that's just the most telltale thing in football is where your QB is at to, mm-hmm. to lead your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll transition to Pittsburgh in a second. I just want to I, I, I wanna mention this because I want you to remember that I want to have a talk about it at some point. <laughs> but now is not the time to have this discussion. Maybe we should have this discussion in two or three years. But 
is Lamar Jackson a new type of QB or is he a unicorn? You know, everyone makes jokes that like, you know, only like 10th graders say that Lamar Jackson's a running back. But if you ever sat there and just thought, wait, he's a running back who can also throw the football like a QB. He's a double, he's, he's like, it's the, he is the ultimate dual threat. We know that. Mm -hmm. But is he a unicorn or is he a trendsetter? Are we going to see more of these guys that traditionally would be running backs just become like QBs and stay QBs? throughout their entire career or are we gonna or is he one of a kind lightning in a bottle and we'll, we won't see another like him I, i'm gonna be interested to see that now let's jump to pittsburgh sorry i need to put that out there we need to talk about it at some point we can come back to that yeah pittsburgh <clears throat> excuse me pittsburgh Hit. got really exposed at the end of last season mm-hmm. dj watson's holding out uh, i don't know that they actually got better aside from adding Najee harris uh and you know betting betting on our first round like i i betting on a running back i mean 22 is about 22 is probably the latest that i'd say you can draft a running back and i'd feel comfortable mm. you know last 10 picks of the first round go ahead draft your running backs get that fifth year option big ben's 39 now he's not as felt as the other old qbs i i, I don't know that they're gonna be amazing this year i don't i i mike tomlin's never finished below eight and eight mm-hmm. so i don't know that i should be betting against him but i also don't really feel a lot i don't feel inspired by this pittsburgh roster i don't feel inspired by juju smith schuster i don't feel inspired by chase like i feel inspired by chase claypool i don't know that he's ready to be w wr number one mm-hmm. and I yeah, don't know no. that, yeah yeah for this pittsburgh steelers there, there's definitely a lot of questions in terms of who's who's going to take the the reins on offense because like we saw last year Deontay Johnson was supposed to be wide receiver one, and I, I'm th- pretty sure he got the most targets at the end of the season, but he gets a lot of those low underneath routes. And then Juju obviously still has all his, his TikTok stuff that he loves to do, which gets the gets guys in the league a little upset. I don't know how his own teammates feel about it anymore at this point. But Chase Claypool is an absolute stud. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a great year this year just because I do think Deontay and Juju Smith are going to see a lot of targets, and it's going to leave Chase Claypool in one-on-one coverage. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do with that. And Najee Harris, you mentioned, I'm super high on. I actually think he's going to be really, really good this year, especially with a couple of the additions that they've made on their O-line. Like, yes, that they lost the big pouncy in the middle, but they signed like six new offensive linemen, tackles, guards, everyone to to just see who they can fit in there to try to create a nice new unit. I think that's really going to help them because it'll give Big Ben the time he needs to throw his 70 passes a game, apparently, is how they're playing this out. And at least get Najee some more running room because I think he could be a very versatile back in this league too. go catch the passes out of the backfield, make the plays happen. And he had a great preseason. Not that preseason really matters, but the, the skills that he possesses and the way that he can make professional athletes kind of look like college level or high school level athletes sometimes just points in all the directions that like, yeah, this kid is going to be a stud. I just don't know how long it's going to take for him to really step into that. Okay, is he going to hit a thousand yards in his rookie year? Probably not, but maybe total with his receiving and his rushing. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and I mean, I, that, that's kind of what I think they're going to need. I think that they're going to need Najee Harris to be really, really good. That or Big Ben's diet change is going to have to be real, you know, Chris Paul style. <laughs> Look, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm underselling the Steelers at getting them. I don't see the, I don't see them going above .500. And I think I might be underselling them a bit. And if I want to be really hot takey, I think Cincinnati might do might have a better record than them. <laughs> and that's I know it sounds crazy, but hear me out. I went through every game, and I think that they could easily win seven out of conference games, seven non division games. 
The Bengals? The Bengals. Look, okay. They, the Bengals have games against the Vikings week one. And Vikings, mm-hmm. look, Vikings are already dealing with COVID issues. Colts are already dealing with COVID issues. I have them both losing week one just because, like, the moment that there's COVID issues, I don't have you winning. Like, mm-hmm. you're, not winning, you're not winning a week where I'm hearing there's COVID problems in my books. They have Vikings week one, Chicago week two, Jacksonville week four, Detroit week six, Jets week eight, and Vegas week 11 after a bye week. So that's mm-hmm. 10 games into the season. That could be six and four very fast. That's assuming they didn't beat. They have games against, I believe, it's the Steelers. I think they play. Hold up, they got, they got games. They they, they got real games outside of those ones. But they definitely have a schedule. Six, six <laughs> win. That could be six wins really easy. Seven games left in the season. If you win four more, you're at ten wins. You can go mm-hmm. four and three the rest of the way. You're at ten wins. I don't know that Pittsburgh's gonna get ten wins. At six and four, you're already at a really high point, and I could easily see this Cincinnati team taking all all six of those games. Joe Burrow's a stud. Yeah. Burrow's just a stud. I, I, you know, I believe in them. They also have a game against Denver later on in the season, and I kind of don't think Denver is going to hold themselves together. But we'll talk about them a little later. Mm-hmm. That's seven. That's seven non-divisional wins. They still get to play their division, and yes, their division is stupidly good. But yeah, no, I think at least for for what it's worth, this Bengals team has has definitely improved in this offseason. And anytime you get Joe Burrow back into your locker room and onto your roster, that is going to be a, a huge improvement to your team. So to have him back and going and, and it looks like fully ready to go week one is going to be great for this Bengals squad because they're going to need every every second that he's on the field is going to be a better chance of them winning than with literally any other player that they could possibly have at this point. But they've also made some great additions. Like they brought in Trey Hendrickson out of New Orleans, who's a monster on the edge. They brought in Eli Apple and Chidota Awuzie on the at the corner spots, who can really help improve their secondary because their defense wasn't bad last year. But they really struggled in the secondary, just stopping the big plays. And I, they think they really did a good job at addressing that and bringing in like six new guys to play in the secondary, like four corners, two safeties. It's a lot of dudes that they've made to address that issue. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, we're, we're looking around at the receivers, but Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins had great years last year. Joe Mixon had an up-and-down season, but it's still supposed to be one of the better versatile backs in the NFL. And then to have Jamar Chase coming in, who's Joey B's boy, I mean, yeah. you're looking at a, a potential of an offense that can really go put some points up on the board, a defense that could get a couple stops here and there, and I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see them with six, seven, eight wins at the end of the season. They could really be pushing the Steelers for that bottom spot, but I just never feel comfortable betting against a Mike Tomlin above 500 record. Yeah, I know. That's one of that's what gives me pause in this. Also, the fact that the, the O-line on the uh, Bengals might not exist Yeah, also scares me, but... You know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll show up in the season and we'll see, but those are still, I still just have them with the, the Bengals still just have such an easy schedule. I think it would be a, sh- I think it would be an embarrassment if they win less than six games, if they win less than six or seven games, it's an embarrassment. Please protect Joey B. Please protect Joey B. Come on. He's too good to, to like just let him keep getting attacked by your, keep getting attacked and missing the season. We can't have that again. Never I again. need to see Behold. Like, <laughs> All right. Um, do we want to move on to the AFC East? Yeah, let's do it. Wait, can we take like a quick two-second break first? Sure. Awesome. We'll be back in a second. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. Just need a little second right there. Let's talk about the AFC East. And we're not going to spend an hour on the Patriots like every other podcast. <laughs> um, 
Because the, a- <laughs> mm-hmm. the AFC East outside of the Jets was a very competent division last season. Mm-hmm. Miami had double-digit wins and barely missed the playoffs. The Pats had their worst roster in ages. Just absolute garbage. I think they had, what, six players set up the season for COVID. They had their first non, um, non-Tom non Brady QB. And, yeah. and they still won six games. Mm-hmm. The Bills, they looked awesome. Like all four teams are all, all four teams are poised to make jumps in the quality of their play just due to their young QBs improving or showing up. Yeah, Chaz, I'm trying to think of what to ask you, but I think the answers are all pretty obvious. Are the Bills going to win the division? Yes. Will the Jets win a game this season? Yes. They play the Texans. So Chaz, <laughs> I'm going to let you at either at, ask me a question or just ask yourself a question, answer it yourself. Just get get us started, man. I mean, first and foremost. I think the question has to be asked. Mac Jones, the last of the five quarterbacks taken in the first round. It looks like just him and Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are getting starts right now. Is Mac Jones going to be the guy? Because all the stories that are coming out from training camp sounds like this guy is an absolute robot built in a in the lab by Bill Belichick yep. and somehow managed to yep. finesse every other team to letting him fall all the way to 15, not having to trade anything, and still getting his guy who comes in and teaches former MVP Cam Newton parts of the offense when he gets to training camp. Like, who it, who is this guy and is he just a football god? Not only that, not only, not only is he teaching Cam Newton the offense, he's yelling at all the offensive players to redo reps when they make mistakes. You know, it's just it's another coach on the field at 21 years old. Yeah. How much do you, how much of this stuff of the stuff coming out of the Patriots camp do you think is just cap? I'm gonna be honest. Like I, I look, I, I believe mm-hmm. some of it. I believe that he might have done it once when they really messed up a rep. But I would be, sh- mm-hmm. I mean, I would be shocked if he's doing it every time they mess up or most of the times when they mess up. But hey. I, I'm loving what I'm hearing. Everything about this Mac Jones kid sounds amazing. And he just is the kind of QB that would run a Belichick offense better than Cam Newton. No offense yeah. to Cam Newton. I just I, The moment that marriage happened, it was like, we're, we just need a good QB. Mm-hmm. I was shocked when they brought him back. I was shocked when they didn't go after someone like Andy Dalton. You know, it, oh, they almost should have had a trade, Andy Dalton for uh, Cam Newton. Let Justin Fields learn with Cam Newton. Let uh, Andy, let um, Mac Jones get some time with Andy Dalton. I think that works better for everyone involved. Not for but Matt Nagy. <laughs> I'm I'm excited for this Patriots team, mm-hmm. but I do think that they're overhyped. Mm. People are telling me they're what was it? Bill Simmons is trying to tell me they could go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that is All the this, that those are the mass holes right there. Those are the mass holes, man. <laughs> and we love Gilmore's them, on but... pup. Yeah, their defense is going to be good. <laughs> But they have no st- true stopper in the back in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Their offense has weapons, but they have a rookie QB. Yeah. It, it, if they go above .500, that is awesome for Mac Jones. Absolutely mm-hmm. awesome. They don't have an elite running back next to him. I think they have a good running back core, but they don't have like they don't have a guy next to him that's like okay, yeah, we're just gonna we don't know what to do on this down. We're just giving it to to to, to Christian McCaffrey, to Derrick Henry, to. To mm-hmm. anybody, go get us a just go run. <laughs> Kareem Hunt, give us a run. Uh, and, and yeah, get, go get, get us, us some yards. No, I mean for for sure. This there's been a lot of hype, a lot of talk about this Patriots team, especially with 
Bill Belichick going and spending like what 150, 180 million free agency this year to go bring in a lot of dudes alongside Mac Jones. Which look, dude, there's some talented guys here. Kendrick Bourne, I love out of Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, two guys out of the Bay Area who I'm a big fan of. The the two tight ends and Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith are both very talented dudes. But you're looking at a team that's all brand new put together with a brand new QB. It's going to take a little while, even for the, the great Bill Belichick, I think, to get this team ready to go, to get them going to a certain point where they're going to be beating other NFL football teams who have been together just a little bit longer. You know what I mean? Like, there's teams that have guys who have been together for three, four, five, eight, ten, twelve 10, 12 years now that have a bit more of a relationship and a little more chemistry than this New England Patriots team does. I will say that their defense is looking monstrous right now, real scary. They brought in Judon and Van Noy. There's and their linebacker positions and Mills at the safety is just bringing in a lot more hard hitting and just defensive strength to go alongside, which is kind of the staple of a Bill Belichick team. I know we've always thought and people have loved Tom Brady, but the New England Patriots hang their hats on their defense. And that's why Tom Brady can do what he does or did what he did for so long is because his <laughs> team doesn't really give up more than 24 points a game. So that, that's how Cam Newton wins six games as the starting QB for the Patriots, because that defense is just coming out there and knocking dudes apart. Mm -hmm. So the, the way that they're put together on the defensive side of the ball is always going to give me a good indication that they're going to do well this season. But yeah, they're, they're definitely not taken anywhere near the Bills this year. If they go 9-8, and 10-7, and seven, I think Mac Jones will be considered very highly for the rookie of the year. He might win it, but... At this point, the the New England Patriots should just be happy with what they have. But, you know, their fans are going a little too crazy. They already think they got Tom Brady 2.0, and they're about to win 20 straight championships over there. I, I will say, this is a team that I think is going to be really good next season, not this season. I do think they'll be good this season, but next season I'd be really scared to see what happens. we got a year of Mac Jones learning that playbook, a year mm. of, the off, of all their p new offensive pieces learning the playbook. This is what you're supposed to do when you draft a rookie QB. Use your yeah. money everywhere else. Just mm -hmm. bring in guys. Overpay them so that way they'll feel more comfortable taking pay cuts later. Start, you know, doing the extensions where they get less and more up front. All that. Start, like, that's what you're supposed to do. Yep. Belichick yeah. is doing it because, of course, he is because he's literally the best football mind to ever exist. I'll take no Belichick slander. No. But I also could see the team winning, getting the seven seed this season. Yeah. Pretty easily. There's a lot of smoke and fire in other in other situations. They'll also be playing games against the Saints, the Cowboys, and the Giants. And I think all three of those teams are just going to struggle mightily against this New England defense. Mm -hmm. And all Mac Jones will have to do is be average to win those three games. And then they also get to play the Jets twice. And I think the Jets are kind of playing for uh, playing for the pit, playing for picks this season. Yeah, I can see the Pats winning eleven games, even Get, mm -hmm. getting the seven seed, maybe 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 ten, getting that seven seed getting probably obliterated in the first round by Buffalo or Kansas City, you know, who are Cleveland, whoever gets that second seed. It's definitely not going to be Tennessee. Tennessee's getting the first seed. Um, <laughs> go Titans, tighten up, baby. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. I I could see it, and I definitely think that um, when you look at the other teams in the division, I mean, look, I don't want to sit on the Jets that long because they're not doing anything crazy, but you have the Jets and the Dolphins. The Dolphins, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fire right now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of smoke and fire right now. Tua wasn't named captain despite being the, the starting QB. There was a lot of issues last year with that. Coach had to come out and be like, Tua is our starting QB because there was too much Deshaun Watson rumors going on. Yeah. I am excited, but all these warning signs are telling me not to be. 
Mm-hmm. I smell that I should not be excited. Yeah. That's what I'm getting. The cooking smells like it's burning. But, man, if Tua's just so good. He just he is really good. He's just a yeah. really good QB. The Dolphins' defense, insane. Their line's very good. If they can really build an offense around the fact that Tua has a great arm and can run, you know, he's a real dual-threat QB, this team mm-hmm. can be dangerous. You let Tua do his stuff, build an offense for him and not for Fitzpatrick, I think that you could win a lot of games. Look, yeah. I imagine there'll be growing pains. I think this team is going to take a small step back. If they're actually this against Tua, then I'm really worried for what this team is going to be, and I don't know what you do if you're the Dolphins. I mean, mm-hmm. not, a, not, a, not, a, not a position that I would want to be in because they traded up to get Tua. But look, I think this team can still be really good this year and be building something for the future. And I'm going to be excited to watch it. But hey, if they're smoking fire, I could see them losing a lot more games than they should this year. Yeah, no, the, the definitely surrounding your starting quarterback and, and Tua Tagovailoa is there's so many questions around the Miami Dolphins and how they feel about him right now that it's just never a promising sign for a young QB, especially when he's already had to deal with different matchup problems and who's going to get the start. Is it Fitzmagic? Is it him? So many people want him to play and then he has one bad game and it's like, get this guy off our team. I think the Miami Dolphins fans need to take a little break, realize that, that things don't happen overnight. And just give two of the season. Like, give him the year. You're not trading for Deshaun Watson. You don't want to right now. Mm-hmm. The guy might go to jail for the rest of his life. So maybe stay away from that for now until that's dealt with. Mm-hmm. And re- rest on the fact that you do have a first-round quarterback that you traded up for who's an incredibly talented guy out of Alabama. And now you have a couple more weapons around him. You got Jalen Waddle, who you just brought in as the highest drafted receiver in this class, who's going to be someone who has, I think is going to be a monster to come out of the season, especially alongside a big body in Devontae Parker and then Will Fuller. Like You finally got two of some weapons to throw to. You got a, a line to protect him. The running back and Miles Gaskin is going to have a good year too. He can make some things happen when he gets into that second level. And then on the defensive side of the ball, like they lost a couple dudes, yes, but they also brought in a lot of guys who are going to help them. I think that this team does look really good on paper, but it is how much that they can commit and let Tua take over the offense. Because we'll, we'll say it time and time again, your team can only go as far as you pretty much let the QB take them. Because mm-hmm. the quarterback is the guy who runs your team. He's basically the president of your of your entire football organization. There's no one who is more important than your QB. He has the ball in his hands on every play, and he's going to make the decisions when he's on the field. To not let him have the confidence and knowing that he knows what he's going to do is a huge mistake for the Dolphins. So just let Tua go out there and do what he needs to do, feel confident in his offense, and I think this team could be really good. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. Like you said, there's just so many things around this team right now that could they be pay- could they be better than the Patriots? Yes. Should they be? Yes. yes. Will they be? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, if, if honestly, honestly, <laughs> if your players aren't buying into Tua, it's time to start selling. Mm-hmm. It's time to start selling them off. It's time to start sending them away. Quite frankly, you you don't need to sit there with these guys that aren't going to accept who your starting QB is. You you're in the NFL. You're making millions of dollars. Whoever the coach says is the QB is your QB. You're hanging out with him. You're making sure you're friends with him. You're learning his offense. You're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. It, if you can't at least come to a level where you're acceptable with that, where you're like, whatever's happening, I'm in. I'm at in. least a professional. At least professional on the professional side. You don't need to like the guy. You don't need to hang out with the guy. You don't need anything. You need to be like, this is our guy. 
I'm backing mm-hmm. him up. I'm on. I'm on with them. Let's do it. If you can't do that, you don't belong on a roster like the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. You know the Miami Dolphins are building for the future. The fact mm-hmm. that they won double digit games last year was an accident. Let's be honest. Yes. It was a great accident, a very happy mm-hmm. accident. It's what you love to see as a team that's, you know, kind of falling, kind of, you know, rebuilding. Because yeah. they still are. They're rebuilding. They just won double-digit games last season. Mm-hmm. If your players aren't buying in, you got to get rid of them. Absolutely. You want, you want to talk Buffalo really quick? Yeah. They were title contenders last year. Mm-hmm. They have another year of reps under their belt. Most of their team is back. I think they've got it in them to make a conference championship game and pick up a lot of regular season win, wins. Chaz, do you think they're Super Bowl contenders? I definitely think this team is Super Bowl contenders, especially with what Josh Allen is poised to do this year. I think that the way this squad is built, the literally the only thing that they should be worried about at this point is COVID. Like that's the one that's, problem for this that's, team. That's my point. <laughs> that's my hang up. That's my one hang up. That's my one hang up. They already have what seven guys sent home for it. Yeah. What if they're not? If they weren't, I think they're playing the Colts in the first week. I mean, check uh, right here. Seahawks got the Colts. So it's definitely Seahawks got the Colts. Oh yeah, Seahawks are gonna smack those guys. Sorry, Colts. <laughs> Colts are also having COVID issues on week one. Yeah, um, Carson Wentz already. Yeah, but he's back. He's playing. He's Buffalo back has uh, Buffalo has Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do have Pittsburgh. I don't think Cole Beasley's playing. Last yeah. time I heard, I have to double check that. But I think they had an outbreak and like seven guys got sent home because they just don't have enough people vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I, I that's my hang up on them. That's my hang up on them for title contenders. But look, if Josh Allen takes another leap. Then yeah, totally, totally. I'm there. Like Josh mm-hmm. Allen should be. Uh, Josh Allen should be the MVP favorite this season. Yeah. In terms of just like best, like, I mean, he already is the guy that everyone's saying like, ooh, he's the hot pick for MVP. You're gonna make money if he wins MVP. I almost think he should be the favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't think Mahomes is gonna win it because I don't think Mahomes is gonna win enough games. We'll get to Kansas City later. I don't think Brady is gonna push for enough games to to win it. Totally possible. I think Brady should be up there. Aaron Rodgers might have a good case, you know, on his revenge tour, if you believe in the revenge tour. But I just don't Mm -hmm. think anyone's more likely to take the leap to impress the voters and also, you know, win enough games to impress the voters than Josh Allen. I could see him winning MVP very easily, and I don't know Mm -hmm. why his odds are low. He should probably be the favorite. Yeah, absolutely. I think Josh Allen is the favorite for that, to be honest. Because, like you mentioned, I just don't think Pat Mahomes gets one right now this early. And then if you look at the rest of the offense around them, I think Zach Moss in the running back is poised to take a big jump too. He's also somebody who can catch passes out of the backfield for them. And then Stephon Diggs is just an absolute yeah. menace, like yeah. just such a problem. And then you have Emmanuel Sanders too, to compliment him and Cole Beasley, whatever Cole Beasley could actually play. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it presents a whole host of problems for a defense to deal with. And then you, add in the fact that Josh Allen just happens to be like something like 6'5", 240, and can run like a 4'8", 4'6". So you, you can let him just scrabble and get out there and get pick you up a first down pretty much at any point. He'll run over dudes when he wants to. So, yeah, this Buffalo Bills team is raring to go. They brought back Matt Milano, who is a big piece of their, their linebacker core, and their defense looks good. So this, this team is really, really... On the edge now. They're definitely winning this division, and, and how far they'll go in the playoffs, I think, is just going to come down to a little bit of COVID and a lot of how much their defense really takes a step throughout the season to being a, a top five, top three defense in the NFL because that offense, to me, is, is a no-doubt top three. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I wouldn't say no-doubt top three, but I would say no-doubt top five or six. 
Uh, we'll mm-hmm. get to some of the offenses that I think will be better in a little bit, but no doubt, no doubt, top five or six. Uh, before we move on to the AFC West, I just want to quickly talk about the Jets. I don't want to dish on them, but mm-hmm. quite frankly, I said it before the Zach Wilson pick that you should not take a QB at number two. That this <laughs> roster is not ready for a QB, and mm-hmm. then they took a QB. If he's not a top seven QB in the league by the end of his rookie contract, this pick was a mistake, and mm-hmm. that's not on Zach Wilson. Yeah. And if that pick was a mistake, the Jets are doomed to continue their rebuild for another half decade at minimum. Their roster is paper thin, incredibly young. Their young talent is good, but they don't have any like truly like elite young players. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing their hope is uh, that you know they, when Robert Sally gets these uh, leftover pieces by Gase, that maybe he can pull something else out of them. Mm-hmm. Unless Robert Sally is one of the best coaches in the league i don't know how he's gonna do that but hey like quite frankly i saw the jets win over wins over under on the season at six and i'm trying to get away from sports betting but i want to bet so much money on that under yeah i will hammer that under as soon I'm as we get out of this to be honest to with hammer you that under. That's, that's insane six wins like this team like you expect zach wilson is as a rookie mm-hmm. i would love to see it don't get me wrong. that's what that's one of those bets that i would love to make because if it doesn't pan out, I get to watch the Jets actually win football for the first time in my entire life. <laughs> that would be impressive. I don't mind losing money on that. I don't mind losing money to watch a to watch a unicorn. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean you, you didn't watch the great Mark Sanchez era. <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> no, even get I, me started on. Don't even get me started on butt fumbles. I mean, for for this Jets team, they they definitely did some things at free agency that I liked in terms of they brought in receivers to try to help out Zach Wilson. Corey Davis out of Tennessee is a stud. I think he's going to have a great year for them. And I yeah, think I Carl. Know, I know Torrey Davis is nice. I miss him. <laughs> and Carl Austin was going to be a huge piece to for their team for the defense. Get well soon. I think he he got a pop to Achilles in training camp. He's not playing this whole year. It's going to be brutal for him. But hopefully he's back next season. We're ready to go because that thirty million guaranteed is not looking too great right now for the Jets. But Zach Wilson's just been getting so much talk around the league. Not only just from like analysts and people who talk football, but real football heads tony mm-hmm. romo aaron Rodgers, tom brady like the guys that i will actually really listen to and and think that their opinion means a lot when they talk about football are saying zach wilson could be a a top three top five quarterback by the end of this season which wow. i think is very very optimistic <laughs> I, like, you... I like the way you monotonely and deadpan said that very very optimistic <laughs> but if he is as talented as these guys think he's going to be, I think Sal is a genius of a coach, to be honest. I'm really upset that he's no longer with us in San Francisco. So if Zach Wilson can step up and bring a little bit of that BYU to the Jets and just have them locked down playing football and nothing but football, and then maybe they could do something. But I do think that this is a couple years in the making. But hopefully Zach Wilson goes out there and just throws some like fucking 80-yard bombs at points because he does that. He has oh, yeah. got an arm on him. I want to say I'm not lowballing the uh, idea of Zach Wilson. I'm not saying he's garbage or anything like that. I'm just saying he needs to be top seven. Like yeah. there's just no no, there's no excuse to draft your QB before the rest of your rebuild unless you literally are getting a generational talent. Mm-hmm. Like if you can get Pat Mahomes in the draft, you take him. You haven't built everyone else. It's fine. You have Pat Mahomes. You will figure it out. Yeah. Let's see how this goes. They're thinking this guy's the next white Pat Mahomes. I love I love white Pat Mahomes. <laughs> um, nice. Uh, that's how we that's how we podcast over here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We don't do any of that. We don't do any of that. You need to compare someone else to someone of the same race. We don't care about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blake Griffin, you know, what's it called? Aaron Gordon doesn't get compared to Blake Griffin on our podcast. No, <laughs> Blake, Blake Griffin's this year, this uh, generation's Amari Stoudemire. <laughs> see, see, see. <laughs> I love this. Um, AFC West is a division in the NFL that exists outside of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's mm-hmm. just the only thing I could write about this division. <laughs> this is another division where everyone and their mom will say Kansas is on top. So let's not stay on them for too long. But let's mm-hmm. go through them. Let's go through the rest. Look, Casey is definitely going to win. But they do have some some hangups. Yeah. They have a new O-line. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. a bad O-line. But it's definitely a new O-line. And that's definitely something to worry about. Their receiving depth is slowly um, leaving, trickling away, dissipating. Yeah, we lost. Uh, they lost um, Sammy Watkins. They're losing mm-hmm. other guys. They still got Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. I- I- I'm not terrified for the Chiefs this season, but I think this is the first year where we might see them take a step back. I, I don't know that I have them penciled in to make the Super Bowl again for the third year in a row. I think it's just really tough to do that. I don't think that's something that you could just count on, which mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of are. But I'm like, look at the rest of the talent in the ASC. I don't know that I'll count on it, especially if they if the if KC can't pull out that first seed. Yeah. No, I mean this Kansas City team. You mentioned the O line; it, it's definitely much improved. The Orlando Brown, Joe Thune are going to be huge pieces for this team because they are two like probably going to go into the Hall of Fame at the end of the at the end of their career offensive linemen. So they are going to be incredible pieces for Patrick Mahomes to have to protect him because we saw what happens when they don't have enough guys to put in between Patrick Mahomes and the other team's defense. It doesn't work out very well. He ends up running for more yards than he could possibly ever throw for. But I, I do agree that this team is a little bit worse than they usually have been. And obviously Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill are going to go out there and cause an immense amount of problems for everyone. And Patrick Mahomes... They need a big jump out of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That's the end of the day. That's what's going to be able to put them over the edge is if their their new rookie running back or second year now running back can come in and really have a great year for them. Because if they don't, I don't think their defense is keeping them in games the way they used to be. Like, yes, Tyron Matthews still there. Yes, Sorensen's still there. They got guys, but they don't have a full unit the way they usually do. Their linebacker core, I don't like that much. Their defensive line, I don't like that much. And you're talking about a team that's going to get the ball run on them a lot and yes you can go score a lot of points so you're not too worried about your run defense because you expect to be able to to get those points back with Patrick Mahomes in about 15 seconds when you get the ball back if you need to but to be for teams to be able to just run the ball and run the clock out against the Chiefs I think is going to present them with a whole new host of problems and it's it's not the greatest for them this season but this team the way they're built and the way that they feel so hard done by the media and how Tom did them last year I know that they're raring to go back, and they want that 17-0. They want that Super Bowl, but I don't know if it's in the cards for them this year. I love that we're talking about them taking a step back, and we're still like, yeah, they're probably going to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're still going to make the conference finals. They're still going to do this. They're still going to win. I have them winning 14 games as a low total. Like, Yeah, I think I had them at 15-2. and two. Like, Yeah, they're going to be very good. I think the second, <laughs> My first prediction, I had them with 14, and the second time I had them go 16-1, and one, and I'm like, uh... I clearly did this way too late at night. It was like 1 a.m. and I was just like, I can't sleep. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna finish my schedule predictions. I had them go 16 to one. I'm like, oh, this is uh, this is why you don't predict games at night. Um, <laughs> but still, it's insane. We're talking about them, bat them in like I guess call it a negative light, despite mm-hmm. like they're gonna be so good. Like yeah. we're not dumping on them. We're they're gonna be so good. 
I think I just think they're going to be awesome. I think that they're going to suffer more from just we've been winning so much, suffering mm-hmm. from success. I don't think they're going to be able to push it the whole regular season. Yeah. Hot take time? Let's do it. Chargers win 12 games. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I Sure. Yep. Honestly, Justin Herbert, I believe it. Like <laughs> That O-line is looking great. Adding uh, Lindsley and Slater, I'm, I'm yeah. excited for that. O- they have a real O-line now. Mm-hmm. I heard that their co- old coach was a great guy, but by all accounts, not a great coach. Yeah, no. Brandon Everyone. Staley is getting. Brandon Staley is already getting articles of how he's going to change football. I, I he's supposed to be awesome. He's mm-hmm. supposed, everyone is so excited for him. I think the Chargers could take a massive leap forward. Maybe even enough for Herbert to win MVP. Yeah, I, I've got Chargers finishing second in the division and making the playoffs, tied for that top wild card seed. They're mm-hmm. just they look amazing this year. They look amazing. Like, look what Justin Herbert was able to do last year without an O line. Mm-hmm. He 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 broke every rookie record to exist. Yeah. They're giving him a full O line. Defense is looking pretty good. Coach is supposed to be crazy defensive minded dude. Mm-hmm. I I think that I really think Chargers could win twelve games, maybe even more. Yeah, I mean, you got you got Drew Brees in the off season saying Justin Herbert's forearms look like they're they're built for digging fence posts, which is. Just some crazy weird compliment, but apparently that's it's really good. Your forearms do need to be large if you're going to be a quarterback. It's a good thing to have. So, for for Drew Brees to say that, and then the Chargers also to bring in Drew Brees' longtime tight end and Jared Cook, I think just spells the all the signs of a, a little behind the scenes mentorship going on, which can only be great for Justin Herbert, who's also one of the funnier guys in the NFL at just being like not wanting to ever be in the spotlight. I don't know if you've seen, but they've done a whole like series of, I guess, TikToks now or IGTVs of Justin Herbert avoiding cameras at practice and a training camp. He like sneaks onto the field with different jerseys on and stuff just so that they don't realize that he's coming onto the field. So <laughs> I think he, the way that he looks at, he just loves football. It's all he wants to do. He doesn't care about anything else. Puts this team in such a good position. And you mentioned their O-line incredibly improved. If Austin Eckler is healthy this year, he could be one of the top five, top seven running backs in the league. And then you add in the fact that they got guys like Keenan Allen, who's just a matchup nightmare. You have to double him at all times. Mm -hmm. Mike Williams, who's an incredible vertical threat as a wide receiver. Like I mentioned, brought in Jared Cook. And then that defense is a monster too. It does look very, very good for this Chargers team. I think that they're ready to go, especially down there in L.A. They got nothing to do except try to win games and compete with the Rams. So I think this Los Angeles Chargers squad is is definitely looking real tasty this year. It's a team that I would definitely look to bet on. And and Justin Herbert is someone who's getting a little little sprinkle of the MVP money, that's for sure. Because the way that he's poised to go this year and how he looked last year, that kid is unreal. I don't have the MVP odds up. I only have the uh, the the win totals. Mm. But yeah, no, that's um, I, I I Justin Herbert for MVP seems very realistic to me as another guy who is just kind of a a money play. You know, not as yeah. a, not as much of a money play as Allen not being the favorite, but still a money play. Mm-hmm. Raiders. Do you yeah, want to start Vegas? Do you want to do you want to do it? Do you want me to just let you let you go off for a second? I mean, or do you need I me can't to talk say, because you're not going to be able to talk? <laughs> I can't say I'm optimistic about this season for the Raiders. I, yeah. I do like Kenyon Drake coming in. I mean, Josh Jacobs is clearly the guy, but Kenyon Drake presents a, another weapon in the backfield. They they brought in Willie Sneed, who's a good receiver. But yeah, this Raiders team has had some problems all season, and I will continuously and nonstop 
for at least the next five to eight years while these guys continue to be all pros every single season. Go back to the fact that John Gruden came to the team and immediately traded away Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. And now we have an entire defense that can't play. And they are all first-round picks. And those are the guys that we got back for all-pro Khalil Mack at two positions and potentially all-pro wide receiver Amari Cooper. So, yeah, I'm a little bit pessimistic about this season for the Raiders. I mean, they have good pieces on their defensive line, at least. I think they'll be able to get to quarterbacks a little bit better, which is something they had a real problem with last year. So having Gakwe there with Max Crosby and Hankins in the middle, I think is going to be very, very good for them. But their defensive secondary, I mean, it's like four years worth of first-round picks that the Raiders have spent on the secondary, and not one of these guys has panned out at this point. So it's just a matter of waiting and watching, but I'm not that optimistic. Literally, the thing I'm most excited for this season is to look at their new stadium and see it, because apparently it just is magnificent. Mm-hmm. Seven more years of John Gruden's contract at $10 million a year. Getting paid more than literally like probably 90% of the players. Yeah. But hey, Derek Carr might get us Devontae Adams next year when Aaron Rodgers is no longer in Green Bay. So uh, that's something. That's uh, that's, that's something. That's something. <laughs> yeah, I got the Raiders as a very average team again. I just didn't see them improving. Um, Broncos, again, uh, same deal. Not going to be too great. Uh, mm-hmm. But I kind of like their depth everywhere. Mm-hmm. I just think that they really don't have great QBs. And that's going to slow them down a lot. Yeah. No, I mean, this Broncos team, I think, again, their defense is where they're going to need to hang their hat. Justin Simmons just got, like, one of the bigger safety contracts of, of all time, and they brought in Kyle Fuller as well. So they're going to do a lot in that secondary to cause a lot of teams problems. But, yeah, this offensively for the Broncos, they have weapons. Like, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy are very good. No offense, people like as a tight end. I'm not too too crazy on, but... I do see how he can develop into being a good tight end, but when you have a QB battle between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, and neither of those are quarterbacks that I would really want as my QB1 anyway. If I was I, winning football games. <laughs> I would think that this Broncos team is definitely uh, poised for a couple years. I think they're trying to put their defense together so that they can go bring in a quarterback eventually mm-hmm. that'll have a team, which is, hey, the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You're putting together a team so that when you know you're ready to go, you go throw in your young quarterback or you go out and get a free agency, get somebody, and then bing, bang, boom, you're straight into the playoffs. But, yeah, this is not a season where I think Broncos fans should expect too much out of their team in terms of playoff aspirations, but I do think that they'll be one of the better teams to watch. I think they'll have a lot of exciting games just because their defense will keep them in it very, very often. I think they're going to be a tough team to play against, and especially anytime you go to the mile high, whether it be the Broncos or the Nuggets, it's always a little bit more difficult just because of that elevation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think this is a two-year take-it-apart kind of job, maybe only one if it really goes well and they get a really good really good QB. Mm-hmm. I do think they have a lot of talent everywhere. I just, I, after the Drew Locke contract, con, contact tracing story that came out. Yeah. That was not, that, that took out a lot of, I'm a, I was a big Drew Locke guy. That kind of takes a lot of wind out of my sails on that. Mm. It really is just such a lack of leadership to be like, yeah, let's just circumvent the rules. And then, and then like, we'll, come on. Like, it's just, we'll it's like, play a wide on. receiver just, at quarterback. Let's <laughs> just not be idiots and then not risk messing our team over and you be idiots. And then boom. You, you played mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Uh, golf for yourself. golf for lock. Golf for lock. I mean, 
works better. I don't, I don't think works better I for think, both. I think. Yeah, maybe. I think the Lions are happy with Goff, but either they'll take anybody. I guess they'd they'd want a couple draft picks, maybe a couple fifth fifth six in there, but wouldn't be bad. So I think it's just a great little swappy swap for both. Goff gets to go try to compete somewhere where they might actually be, you know, winning football games, and Drew Lock gets to go somewhere where he can have some time to develop again. Mm. And you know, if you really can't make it work, you can't make it work. All right, last division. Yeah, AFC South. Hottest take on the podcast. You ready? You ready? Scolding hot, <laughs> hot take. Titans win 16 games and no one else in the division finishes above eight wins. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Scolding hot takes today. Scolding hot takes. Scolding hot takes only. Chaz, mm-hmm. you're going to have to take this one, the starting of this one, because I'm just going to dish on the Colts way too much <laughs> and just go way too, way too big on the Titans. So I need you to, you to take over and then I'll come in with, uh, I'll come in with everything that I've got going on. Okay. So, I mean, for the Colts side of things, this team... I don't believe in them. Sorry. I, I mean, <laughs> clearly. But this team, led by Carson Wentz, who's back under Frank Reich, which is when he had his MVP-level season, when the, the Eagles went to the Super Bowl while he was getting hurt at the end there. But Carson Wentz back, coming off a surgery to repair a, apparently a high school injury in his foot that he's finally dealt with. And he's 5 to 12 weeks, is back within 5 weeks, was walking after 2 with no boot. So they think he's all the way back, ready to go. Apparently, he loves it over there in Indianapolis. And their running back room is really, really good. Like Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack, who was out all season last year, was supposed to be the RB1 before Jonathan Taylor showed out, is going to be an incredible backfield to deal with. Their wide receiver core is where they're going to struggle the most. Michael Pittman Jr., rookie, rookie quarter, rookie wide receiver, refused to give up his number for Carson Wentz. Kind of a weird thing to do. Seems a little odd. Obviously, they've gotten over. Carson's going to wear that number two, but he's going to need to have a big season for them. And and Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal, I don't think so with the squad anymore. T.Y. Hilton's going to be gone for the first few weeks, so it's going to be tough for them. But where they're going to hang their hat is their defensive side of the ball. Their O-line's going to be great, but it's really going to be the defense that does it. Darius Leonard is an absolute madman in the middle. He's going to be one of the best linebackers in the year, in the league this year. Xavier Rhodes, an incredible addition to the secondary. And to have those those guys coming back, to Forrest Buckner on the line as well, Quiddy Pay, a second-round pick. I think there's a lot of dudes on this Indianapolis Colts defense that are going to make problems for other teams, and that's where they're going to need to do things. They're going to be a, a run the football, run the football, play some hard defense, win some games 17 to 10, and just get out there. Like I don't think they'll be great, but I definitely see them at 10-11 wins this year. I do not see them at 10 or 11 wins this year whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I also, well, Carson Wentz isn't vaccinated. Uh, was it one or two O-linemen that aren't vaccinated? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. They're having vaccine issues, which is always never a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe in Carson. I had one good season and then my team won the Super Bowl without me. Wentz. Uh, I'm just, I'm not a believer in the unvac- in all these unvaccinated players and Carson Wentz back, bounced back and everything just working out for them to go and have this 10 win season. I don't believe in them. I'm going to be honest. I don't believe in them. Mm, I they think- also have a very tough schedule because they won the division last year. So yeah. that's really not going to help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titans. Can I, can I do Titans? Can I do you want to do Titans? You you want to talk to yeah. the other two teams and talk Titans at the end? Or? Ah, sure. Ah, sure. Okay. We can, to... we can breeze through these other two, I think. I think, yeah, the Jags. <laughs> okay, the Jags are going to be all right. You know, I, 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 I like think, the Jags. 
I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. I think they got a lot of fun, fun players. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a joy to watch in the NFL. But their O-line is weak. Their team is young. Uh, they let Gardner Minshew go for nothing. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine, but Trevor Lawrence is going to have to get used to two things, losing and getting sacked. Yeah. He, they just just please protect him as much as they can because they spent a good amount of money on their defense this year, which is going to help keep them in football games. But if Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, you will not be in any football games because your team will be terrible. So mm. just, yeah, they're going to need to protect Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to have a great year, though. I think already he's looking like he's fitting in real well with the team. Urban Meyer knows a lot about him, and they're going to be able to get going. But, yeah, they're going to have a tough tough slate of things, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They don't have the greatest line, like you mentioned, their wide receiver core. DJ Chark, I mean, I like. LaVisca Chenault's good, but they don't really have a true wide receiver one who can, can cause matchup nightmares for a defense. And James Robinson, one of the greatest stories of the league last year, I just hope that he still gets his touches and can make an, an impact on the game because he's going to be be big and at least trying to help protect Trevor Lawrence in the fact that he can just hand him the ball and let him get hit instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I, I got the Jags winning like a, winning a few games. They got a couple of upstart wins coming in, in them. I think they're going to surprise a few teams early. Uh, they get to play Houston week one. You know, I think they'll be a great confidence builder mm-hmm. for uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, speaking of Houston, I think they might not win a game, and I don't think they would mind. I don't think they'd mind going winless. They need some new pieces on this roster, especially with Bill O'Brien having sold all their picks. Mm-hmm. They need a new young core of talent. They need a refresher. Their their QB one is out for the season because of legal drama. I, I don't have them winning a lot this season. I don't have them winning anything, honestly. But hey, I think they're just sitting there hoping that Deshaun Watson is found not guilty, and they can trade him for a bunch of young players and picks. Mm-hmm. And they can go into the draft with a high draft pick and start trading back in the second for more picks in the third and yeah. just pick up as much talent as they can surround their roster with and try to retool quickly, maybe a quick two years, maybe quick like a year or two of picking up as many picks as you can and then throw in a QB and hopefully everything works out. Or, you know, if you get number one overall pick, I feel like it's almost a pencil and you have to draft a QB at this point. Mm. I would still trade down before taking a QB at number one without the rest of my squad, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, this Houston Texas team. I'm not a GM, so don't expect a lot out of them. As without Deshaun Watson on this field, this team has absolutely nothing going on for them right now. Defensively, offensively, I can't can't really point out one thing that I like a lot. Other than they got a lot of running backs who are pretty talented, but really only like two of them can be on the field at once at most. So. Don't really the know how they intend for that to work. Run the Wildcat. But, uh, yeah, this I think I penciled them in at 1-16 just because I didn't want to put them at 0-17. But I don't expect this Houston-Texas team to cause many problems for anybody. I feel like if they – see, I'm looking at the schedules for them and the Jets and there's one – Detroit. And one of those teams is going 0-17. <laughs> they, they all play – I think they all play each other. So there's a chance, you know, we get 1-16 mm-hmm. for all three. But it just one of them is going zero and six, zero and seventeen, I think, and I don't think any of them mind being that team. Yeah, I honestly, Maybe the players do, 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 but the, the ownership does not care. Mm-hmm. I think the Texans are honestly a pretty, pretty far step down from those two teams, even. <laughs> like, yeah, and and I don't think they mind. I think that ownership is sitting there like, hey, we need a retool, and yeah. I think that's what all these owner, all three of those ownership teams are sitting there doing. There, we need a retool or management. We need a retool. We're yeah. lose some football games, take a season, try to be fun, hype up young players, get some more young players in to hype up. 
you know, sell season ticket holders on potential and, you know, buying the tickets now to all that, all that. I don't think that they're building for this season and there's nothing wrong with that. That's what you want to do when your team is just objectively not ready for it. Mm-hmm. All right, John, you want to tell me why the Tennessee Titans are going to go 20 and all this year? They're going to go 20 and 0 because they're the best team to ever grace a football field. There's never been this much talent on one team ever. Who is Tom Brady except for a baby version of Ryan Tannehill? Um, look, they're built for it. They're, they're mm-hmm. built to at least dominate the regular season. Yeah. If you tell me, if you told me they're going to struggle in the playoffs, fine, maybe. I think they're going to carry it over into the playoffs and just dominate the entire season. But of course I do, because of yeah. course I do. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely, you cannot tell me that they're not built for a to be at least a great regular season football team. On paper, their defense is shaky. But what we saw in the preseason is that they're, they're in tune with each other. They Much know improved. how to play together as a unit. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That is worth a lot in the regular season. Mm-hmm. In the regular season, that is worth a lot. Having your whole defense knowing how to play together, it's worth it a lot. Yep. That's at least enough, especially when you have the best offense in football. Their offense features one of the 10 best, you ready? 10 best quarterbacks, wide receivers, and young wide receivers in the league. They have one of the 10 best wide receiver ones and wide receiver twos. Mm-hmm. Oh, and did I mention they've got the best running back that the modern NFL has seen in the middle of his prime in Derrick Henry, two straight 2,000 yard rushing seasons? I would bet on a third, but they got so many weapons on that on the wide. They got the two of the best wide receivers. They have the best wide receiver one-two combo in the league, so maybe they don't need to run it that much. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have the most dangerous off- offense in the NFL, no question. Yeah. And then they're just gonna torch teams all season. I have them at 16 wins, mm. and I know that's insane and unlikely, but I-, I have them winning at least 15. I think this team I- is just gonna come out and kill people. Every single week. Ryan Tannehill is a much better QB than anyone realizes. They got guys ready to step up, guys ready to work, and you know what? End of the day, our relying on talent works. Relying hey. on talent can work. Look at look at the two teams that went to the that went to the um Super Bowl last year. You had a team mm-hmm. leaning on Tom Brady and just an elite crop of wide receivers bringing in Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski next to Mike Evans. Um and then you had Travis Kelsey and uh, Tyreek Hill running around for Pat Mahomes. Yes, yes, Ryan Tannehill is not as good as Pat Mahomes, and but I mean, I or Tom Brady or Tom Brady <laughs> or, or Tom Brady on the mental side of football. On the physical side, he is way better than Tom Brady. But you know, that's just what happens when Tom Brady is what 45, 50, and yeah, still in like the 44. NFL. <laughs> when, you, when you've got someone in the who could be in the retirement home playing on the football field, he's not going to be the best athlete. But mm-hmm. Tannehill is still no slouch on the mental side of football and the physical side. I, I yeah. just think this team's going to be amazing. I, I, I think they're going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, they're, they're definitely poised to go on a big run. They got a great squad. Like you mentioned, obviously brought in Julio this offseason along with A.J. Brown at those wide receiver slots. Mm-hmm. On the defensive side of the ball, definitely have made some big improvements too. Like, Danico Autry is a monster on the, on the edge. Bud Dupree could fly around the middle of the field as a linebacker unit. So they can have those two guys who can really bring a, bring a big new lift to their team. And, yeah, this Titans team's ready to go. I mean, Fersker as the, the tight end one is going to be interesting. I don't know how much receiving they're going to get out of him, which is, yep. causes a couple issues just because when you want to free up your running backs and your wide receivers, it's always good to have a, a big dude to dump it off to underneath to go just chuck for some yards. But, hey, if Derrick Henry's catching passes out of the backfield, he can basically just do that for you. So it's not that big of a deal. Josh Reynolds, too, they brought in out of, out of Los Angeles from the Rams. I think he's honestly really, really good. 
and he's going to be able to get a lot of easy matchups, especially with Julio and AJ Brown basically needing constant double coverage. Mm -hmm. That's going to cause a lot of problems for people. But I mean, as someone who had Julio Jones on his fantasy roster last year, I can't say he struggled a lot with injuries last year. He's only getting older. Is there there no semblance of maybe Julio's going to miss a couple games here or there to keep that hamstring uh, good to go for the playoffs? Hey, I, I, I have no fear that with him in a real, like him as like the third option on offense, because I mean, Derrick Henry is still going to be this offense. Yeah. Derrick Henry is still the number one option every time that he touches that football. Every time that they set it up, the entire defense is, okay, we have to watch out for Derrick Henry. And if they're not, Derrick Henry's going to put 200 yards on you or something insane like that. Mm-hmm. Be ready for monster numbers from Derrick Henry. If, if Julio Jones is really stressing himself that much, be ready for Derrick Henry to put up another 2,000-yard rushing season. Like, it's just going to happen. If you're that scared of him, he's going to put up 2,000 yards on your head top. Don't even worry. I do think that A.J. Brown is going to get more reps at wide receiver one, even though Julio is, you know, Julio. I guess classically better and yeah. straight up. Like, sorry. He is Julio Jones. <laughs> he is Julio Jones. Like, he has got the pedigree. I do think A.J. Brown is going to kind of play that wide receiver one one role. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to take a huge step forward. I think he's going to be taking a huge step forward this season. So, yes, I do think Julio will take more plays off than usual. But I don't think they're going to be sitting him for games. And if they do, I think that they've got, you know, they, they're they going to have games they can sit him. They're, Houston's in their division, you know? Yeah, they do play the Texans twice this year. They play the Texans twice. They play Jacksonville twice. And there is, you know, oh, getting Those to watch Derrick Henry against the Indianapolis Colts is going to be beautiful. He is going to destroy them. He is ready. I don't. I don't he, think you he, ought to count on that one too early, buddy. I'm counting on it. I'm counting on it. Um, <laughs> 200 yards both games. Counting on it. Um, He's lucky to get 200 yards in both games total. I got. I got. I got Derrick Henry going crazy. <laughs> Did you see I, the video of him having to of them getting practice squad players so he could practice stiff arming them because he got tired of the head little the helmet stick? stick? Yeah, yeah. So that's... funny. So funny. I mean, I get yourself a job at the NFL. Like, it's all it takes. It's all it takes. Just get it. Just get. Get on your hands and knees by Derrick Henry. Throw your head into Derrick Henry's knees. It is so great you can to be throw your face into the ground. Being on the practice squad is a great job. And All I, right, so we ran through this. You got a playoff standings now to, to give us, or I do. Um, I do, or do do I shout? Do I give my shout outs for teams that I'm under and overrating now, or do I do it after my playoff predictions? Let's do it after the playoffs when you don't mention them at all in their top seven. I mean, I'm going to mention, I mean, I'm, my, my first, okay, let me shout out my first team that I'm overrating and I'll own it because we did just talk about them. The Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans, I am completely overrating. I will own it. I will fully own it. I, I, I know I'm saying 16. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Let's pump that down to 13 and expect a couple of, you know, dropped games just because, hey, we're still figuring this out. But I still, have still them, thing. I still have them winning this division handily. Yeah, I still have them absolutely balling out. I still have them destroying the Indianapolis Colts both games. Um, my division winner is in order. Unless you have anyone that you want to quickly say that you're overrating. No, I think we're okay right now. Perfect. My division winner is in order. I have Tennessee at the number one overall seed. Buffalo at the two. Kansas at three. And Cleveland at four. Okay. I have the same top four. I just happen to have the Titans like battling with the Browns for the three seed. And so I have the what, Chiefs and Bills one and two. Oh, yeah. Chiefs at one, Bills two, and then Browns tighten three and four. Yeah, I, I just, I'm counting on Kansas City taking a step back, whereas I count on Buffalo just kind of putting the pedal to the metal, mm. going to try to like do anything to get, you know, get that respect, get that win, push it to the, push it to the limit. That's kind of what I'm seeing out of Buffalo, whereas I think Kansas City is going to be more 
poised. And I think they're going to take a little while to get everything gelling. And then they're going to be like, okay, we don't really need to go crazy. Winning this doesn't change too much for us. And we show us that as we're not the first seed, we still have to win a a play-in game. If the first seed's unattainable, we're not going to go too crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Now the wild cards. What do you got? I got Baltimore and Chargers tied at 12 and 5. Mm-hmm. I have the Patriots at the seven seed at eleven and six, and then Miami with a ten and seven record, just making, just missing out. Yeah, honestly, I have so many teams that I really can't decide because I wasn't able to go through the the full schedules like I did for the NFC, so I don't have a an as accurate list of who I think is going to end up where. But like, I have anything from, I think the Ravens are there for sure. I think the the Patriots are probably there once Stephon Gilmore is back. But after that, like I could see the Steelers there, I could see the Dolphins there, I could see the Chargers there, I could see the Colts there. I think that's one of the beauties of this AFC right now is that there's just so many teams that are right on the edge and I think they should be making the playoffs and want to be in the playoffs that it's going to end up being so competitive in the last last three, four weeks of the season in this AFC when they're all into just like divisional matchups and all conference matchups is going to be incredibly important for the playoffs. But if I had to pick three teams, I'd go with the Ravens, the Pats, and the Chargers. But I do think the Colts are really right there, especially if they can get going early. I think they'll have a great shot. And the Steelers as well, if they can get TJ Watt back before the week one, I think that they're poised to go on a good ride. It's just the Dolphins. If they buy into Tua, maybe, but I do think they're still a year or two away. Yeah, if they if they fall out on Tua, I have them just falling apart. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. My, my hinge is... My hinge is that this team is going to function like a real NFL team and work together and all that. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm looking through the last four weeks of matchups. We got Miami versus Miami versus uh, no, we got um, New England versus Indiana, which could be a fun little fight for that last seed. Big game. Um, you got New Orleans versus Carolina, another fight for uh, fight for seeding. There's a couple more that I'm looking around. Um, Baltimore Pittsburgh could be could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um. I know the Jacksonville, Browns Indiana player. could be fighting possibly for something. <laughs> um, Arizona, Seattle's the last game on the uh, the last game of the regular season. Yep, could be deciding maybe who wins the division, maybe who makes the last wild card spot. Same thing with the LA Rams and the San Francisco 49ers on that same day, around the same time. It's going to be yep. a great last week of fo- last few weeks of football. It's going to uh, be a great every week of football, John. Oh man, I every week. Cannot wait. And before we close it out, I have to give a shout out to the Steelers and the Colts because I know I'm underrating both of them. I know it. I'll own it. I, I'll own it. I expect both of them to do better than I predicted. If you are judging your win losses based on me, you know, if I if I set the win losses for gambling, please bet the over on both of them because even I know that they're going to outperform what I'm saying. <laughs> but you know, I sat there with a the schedule and those are the numbers I got, and that's the numbers that I'm going to have to go with. I don't have a you know computer algorithm to simulate for me. I have my own brain and what I see. So you're saying you didn't you didn't run a full season career sim on Madden 22 a hundred times to see what teams would end up with what and that's, base out the averages or that's that's is that not how you're supposed to do it? Is that not is that not the the, the industry standard? I'm so confused right now. I was pretty sure that that's how Tom Palisaro got the news. <laughs> I love it. Uh, no, I, shout out to Al there. one of the goats. Honestly, uh, I'm just so excited for this NFL season, man. I can't say it enough. It's gonna be fantastic. I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be watching so much football, so much just entertainment. The NFL, just please let the taunting thing not be that big of a deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they tighten up the rules, right? 
Yeah, they say you can't taunt. Basically, no taunting, like 15-yard penalties and stuff like that. And it's very, and a lot of it's it's like the direction in which you celebrate. It's like if you're facing a defensive player, it's considered taunting. But like, turn yourself 45 degrees and you're okay. So it's, it's just... Uh, yeah. I'm going to start circling. My defense, <laughs> as soon as you get scoring, we're going to circle circle the offensive player. That's our goal. <laughs> Make sure you cannot we react. <laughs> just stand there and then look really offended right afterwards. Yeah. They score, surround him, and then look offended. <laughs> For real. Ugh. It'll look be interesting. Taunting. Mm-hmm. It's a joke. It's a joke. Taunting rules are a joke. Like NFL doesn't... Okay. Other than Miles Garrett that one time, <laughs> NFL doesn't usually devolve into fist fights. Okay. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of NBA, NBA fist fight highlights. Okay, mm-hmm. it's a lot less dangerous when everyone's wearing pads and they're mostly just shoving each other. Okay, helmets on. It's hard to get into fights. It's hard <laughs> to make it a problem. Okay, let's let's. We don't need Until to worry about taunting go- that much. Yeah, yeah. If it really becomes an issue, we're having a lot of fist fights in the NFL. I I'd say go for it. But you know, I I, I watched a video of what was it? Um, is it Bill? Someone who was know. it? Someone jumped into the. It wasn't Malice at the Palace. Someone else jumped into the stands and fought someone. Oh yeah, probably it, Bill Ambier. Thank you. That's who it was. <laughs> um, or was it Bomb Dangerous? Someone. Someone jumped into the stands and made a fight. I was like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very happy. This isn't our NBA anymore, and that's why you need to tighten up the fighting rules or the taunting rules. But mm-hmm. a- NFL, you know, you're not fighting the fans. You're not yeah. fighting each other. I think that's extra. Mm-hmm. Whatever. This has been. The Vault Talk Podcast. Chad's always a pleasure to record with you on a nice Thursday morning. We'll have this up for you guys on Friday morning. Uh, Tampa Bay probably just beat probably beat uh, Cowboys. If not, I'd I'll be, be surprised. Shocked. I'd be really excited. I'd be I'd be excited for this Cowboys team. I've not do not have them very high. I'd be completely shocked. It'd be great. Um, and I live for that. I live for Team Chaos. Um, mm-hmm. I live for Team Titans and Team Chaos. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're uh, on our on a podcast app, podcast platform, please rate, review, subscribe, leave a whatever, five-star us, whatever. Please do. It helps every single time, every single time. Uh, if, follow us on Instagram at Ball Talk Official. And until next time, thank you for tuning into the Ball Talk. Into Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk, baby. 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 Baby, baby, baby.